0: Hi, and welcome back to the Authentic Audience Podcast. My name is Krista Ripma and I am your host. I had the best conversation just now with Krista Williams. She is the co-host of the very famous top 50 of all podcasts ever. Um, It's called the Almost 30 Podcast. She has a really popular blog called 100 and is such a badass in so many ways. Um, her bio lists her as social media influencer, blogger, podcaster, and it's really easy for all of those things to not feel authentic. And this was one of the most authentic guests and conversations that I've had in a long time. It was super refreshing. We talk a lot about the podcast, how it started, how she created it, her why behind everything that she does. She's so passionate about business, about people, about health, spirituality, all of the work that she's doing and all of the intention behind it really shines through in this conversation. I learned so much from her, just happy to know her. I'm definitely a fan. And today this came at a perfect time, as most of my podcast episodes do, it's like medicine for me. So, so grateful to be able to do this, especially to be able to connect with people like Krista and I hope you enjoy this episode. Williams is a social media influencer and the creator and editor of the 100 blog. 100 stands for Keep It 100, Her Life Motto. She has been featured in Women's Health, Self Magazine, Refinery29, and other outlets. She partners with thoughtful, cutting-edge brands, including Airbnb, Adidas, Free People, and Starwood Hotels to share her honest perspective. In addition, she is the host of the Almost 30 podcast, a top 50 podcast, five in health, has more than 6 million downloads in two years and has been called your virtual best friend. Almost 30 is a global community, and she hosts events all over the world.
1: Welcome, Krista. Thank you so much, Krista, girl. (laughs) I'm so, so, this is so so funny. It's going to, we're going to have so much fun.
0: We're going to have fun. So this is actually round two. If we're being completely authentic, something was happening before, and you were just sharing with me um, what's happening in your world today.
1: Yeah, so um I was just saying I'm in Los Angeles today, which is very nice. I'm we travel quite a bit for, for tours. So whenever I'm home, I'm I'm really happy. I feel crazy and all over the place just trying to get everything in. But I'm in LA. We built a studio in Lindsay's house. Lindsay's my co-host and best friend. So we built a studio at her apartment and we record here. So whenever I'm doing interviews, I'm hanging here. And I'm just really in this Mercury retrograde intensely. It's been a very interesting week. I don't feel amazing, but, um, you know, I'm just trying to to get through it, to be honest.
0: Well, I appreciate your honesty because I think that everyone I talk to is having that week, and I just woke up this morning not feeling good either and was completely stalking you and feeling intimidated because... I feel like such shit. And I was like, Oh my gosh, she's such a badass. Like I have to get it together.
1: So to be honest, it's so funny. Like I actually, before interviews now I'll look up people, but I don't do it too much because I'm, I will get really intimidated and then I'll be really weird. And so I really don't want to, get myself too worked up where I'm like, Oh my God, they did this. They knew, they know this person, they did this. Cause then I'm like, Oh what do I have any business talking to them? So I know how you feel. Don't feel that way. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard game.
0: That's funny. So you don't actually do a lot of, I was going to ask you, so I have, um, for this podcast today, a lot of like geeky sort of podcast, fellow podcaster questions. Um, this, podcast is a lot about business. Um, I like to talk to people who have built a successful business doing something they love authentically. And when I look at your brand and your audience, it's clear that you in fact have an authentic, very engaged audience. So I'm really excited to dive into that. But I get down these rabbit holes where I start totally stalking my guests. Um, I'm sure we have a similar um, process in which your producer sends you all these people. I say yes or no. And then the ones I say yes to, I start like stalking. And then I get really worried if I haven't read a certain book or if I haven't listened to a certain interview with them. So tell me your flow.
1: Yeah. So we, um, for a lot of our guests, either we will have we get recommendations from our audience, um, often, but it's usually someone that we just happens to like come into our field during a conversation with someone else or an event or something like that. And I will get to know their name and I will get to know what they do and maybe read parts of their book. But if I'm getting too caught up in, um, specifics of exactly who they are, their credentials, everything like that. I'm one, getting too intimidated where I feel like I'm not worthy of having a conversation with someone like them. Um, or two, I'm getting too caught up in like a narrative or story that I want to force the conversation into. And Mm -hmm. so it'll be like, you know, say they wrote a book about sleep and I read the entire book about sleep. Then I wouldn't want to, um, it wouldn't be as exciting to get into the conversation and it wouldn't be as natural and authentic being in the conversation because I already knew everything that they wrote about or talked about. So I want to make sure that I'm being really present with the person related to what we're talking about so that I can ask them questions very genuinely. And that means to know enough about the topic, but not know so much where I'm not surprised or I know every answer to everything, you know, that I'm asking.
0: Right. I think that's so interesting because as you were saying that, I was trying to remember my favorite interview and it was actually, it's with Biet Simkin. I'm not sure if you know her, but she, I didn't know her at all. And for whatever reason that happened that morning, I was not prepared. She had a book. I hadn't read it. And it was the most real, authentic conversation that I've had. She said it was the best interview she's done. And now we like have this weekly sort of accountability meeting and we're totally like in each other's worlds. Um, and I had never met her or really, she hadn't been in my energy before that morning.
1: Yep. Um, and she's She's the best, she's, the best. I, she's been on the pod a few times and she is a really special, like really authentic energy and a really honest, she's so honest, it's crazy. Like she's one of those people that's so confident that it almost takes you aback. You know, you're yes. like, Oh, like, you know, cause I'm not used to, I'm from Midwest. So I'm not used to people being that upfront and confident and honest about themselves. So with her, sometimes I have to like digest it a little bit. I'm like, Oh wow. Like this is possible to feel that good, to be that honest, to be that authentic. And she's, she's amazing. And I think there is something to that, you know, where you're just like, being completely yourself, being completely genuine, and you're not really either nervous, intimidated, or like, you're just kind of letting things unfold as they should. So I completely relate to that. And, you know, it's, it's a fine line, because you don't want to get on the line with someone that's going to be cold, and um, like, you know, expecting you to know everything. So it's a dance, but I think that that's definitely telling to like, how skilled you are, what you do. Yeah,
0: that's really cool. Well, I appreciate your insight and I might you know, stop doing the heavy stalking as much because I do, I, I mean, the whole thing for me is talking to people. That's why I love this. My favorite thing is to connect with people and remind them that they can fly in of their gifts and that's obviously really easy to do on a podcast when you're building someone else up. So a couple more questions for you um, before we dive into the business side. So, well, speaking of business, actually, um, you've managed to do what a lot of people are trying to do and not succeeding at. Mm -hmm. And something that I am always really interested in is why businesses or entrepreneurs or influencers or whatever you want to call it fail and why some succeed. And it's really obvious to me why that answer is. Um, and it's your why. Why? And I think that it's always the intention that goes into anything is, I mean, obviously we have to hustle, we have to work hard, we have to stay focused, all of that stuff. Um, But the why is really important. Um, And for me, it comes back to everything. And I was looking at one of your interviews and you were talking about this, but I actually couldn't find your why. Um, and I was wondering if you could share it has it changed um, and is it the same across all your sort of little businesses now or not little businesses big businesses
1: yeah. both work yeah so um, almost 30s why is helping people navigate transitions in their life and that happens mm-hmm. you know when we were navigating the transition the transition from our 20s to our 30s which is the most pivotal transition one of the most pivotal transitions you could make in your life it's your Saturn return you're really making huge impactful decisions Vision, such as getting married, um, you know, figuring out your finances, your body's changing, you could be starting a family, your friends really change during this time, and work really starts to pick up in a lot of different ways. So we realized that we needed more tools and support within community to help us navigate these transitions. So our why was very apparent from the beginning. I felt lost, Lindsay felt lost, and we wanted to come together to be really honest about this feeling of loss and um, create something you know, really special between us. Uh, for almost 30 or for 100 blog, 100 blog started um, six years ago now. And that was during a time where I realized, I was kind of coming into my own and realizing who I was and these patterns within my life that I would really go for everything at a hundred percent, or I wouldn't do it at all. And that was the death of me. And that was the most beautiful part of me. And I would always say hundred all the time to my friends. And that meant just like in an agreement, and keep it. 100 is really about being really honest and authentic. People have always said to me for years and years, like, I cannot believe how honest you are. I can't believe, you know, you've said that. <laughs> it's so funny because sometimes it's backhanded. And they're like, oh my God, I can't believe you said those things. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, dude, I don't know, man. Like I just say, and I do, and I am, and it's not perfect all the time, but I do have to be maintain this level of honesty and authenticity with myself and inherently with the people that I interact in the world. So keep it 100, really is the aim of that is to help people feel better about being themselves. So both of these things kind of go hand in hand, where you can be authentic, you can be yourself. And you could really um, just create, you know, a life that you love through these type of things. And the most important thing is that it's not always going to be easy or perfect. I think that I never wanted to have platform, a platform, you know, and neither of these are that, that told people that, you know, just quit your job, do what you love and everything will work out. Like peace yeah. and love. Like, I always have wanted to acknowledge the harder parts of, of life and the challenges, um, as much as I acknowledge the things that are really amazing and beautiful, because that's, what's real. And that's, what's really going to help people rather than the, you know, the other way around.
0: Well, it's it's obvious that it's working. And for me, I have this silly little quote and I always say the easiest thing to sell is actually the truth. And mm. I think when we get down to it and it's why I was attracted to your brand and why I you know, was immediately drawn to what you were doing and started listening to your podcast is because of that, it's the authenticity. And I think people more and more, especially in the social media sort of influencer world can start to smell it. Um, The authenticity and people really are understanding what's real and what's not. And I think what's real is starting to stand out more and more.
1: Um,
0: Yeah. yeah, And I just, I appreciate what you're doing and I appreciate that you have such a big audience and they get to connect to the truth. Um, And the thing that you were saying about the podcast and it sort of clicked to me is I am in that transition. Mm-hmm. So it feels like you're talking to me and it's not this sort of vague, um, big sort of grand scheme idea. What you were saying was very specific, like going through your Saturn return. Hi. Like going yeah. through business things, figuring out my, how to deal with the body at 31 years old. All of this stuff. Also, my progressed moon is in Virgo. So all of that stuff Ooh. is happening for me right now. My husband's going through a Saturn return. I got married during mine. So I was like, wow, she's talking to me. It's the that's why mark a good thing with marketing is getting really specific, yeah. and you did all of that sort of naturally or organically, and that's when it really works. So it's really awesome. Um, your podcast kind of blew up. I, I mean, I would say as a listener, you probably wouldn't agree, but for me, um, <laughs> if,
1: know. You
0: one, um, but at what point did you realize in the podcasting, like, was it a guest or was it an interview that you guys did together that, okay, like we have something really good?
1: Yeah, I think it happens. It, it happens in waves a lot of times with guests that we have on and you know there's an energy that you get when you are interviewing someone and we try to do as much as we can in person just because it's it's different actually with three you know with three you really have to be understanding people's cues and body language to see who's going to speak next and everything like that so be us being in person is is even more important and we will leave interviews sometimes where it's like you know there's someone named alok we had on and they are a um activist and they just have this presence and voice to them that speaks such truth and authenticity to the to the um to the voice of someone that is lgbtq. And it's something, or it's something we had this woman on that worked with homeless people in Los Angeles, or it's about, you know, feng shui, or it's about um, suicide prevention or something like that. But there's just these conversations where I'm like, damn, I have not heard this. I have not heard this conversation. I have not heard this information. And it literally gets me so pumped. I'm like, I know that this message is not being said Very publicly or very often. And like, I'm excited by the conversations that are really pushing the envelope to go there and be a little bold and not just talk about like, okay, this is what we're going to do for our morning routine, you know, which peace and love. I've definitely done morning routine stuff, but it's just like when we do something different that I don't see happening in the space that kind of pushes the boundaries and brings our audience along with that. That's when I'm like, Oh, like this is huge. And we're doing something that matters. And that is like bringing actual value to people. Um, there's been small moments along the way for sure. But you know, when you're in it every day for three years, it's like, it just is funny what really lands and what doesn't, you know, if we'll get like a press piece, we're like, cool you know, but you just look at your phone, like a press piece literally is like you looking at your phone and being like, cool. It's like, you can't feel it. You can't talk to it. You can't touch it. You can't taste it. But like when I'm with people, when we're on tour in our audience and community, and they're just, we're talking and hanging out, I can touch them. We can look at them. We can feel their energy. And that's when it really feels real and special and like something that, um, I'm just so proud to be a part of.
0: It's so pretty. It's like so beautiful because I can hear your passion for the, your guests and for these people Mm. in right now talking to you. But then also when I listen to the podcast, like you're so present Mm. Um, and it's like, you really do have this gift to connect with
1: people. What's your sign by the way? Oh, yeah. I'm a Pisces sun, um, Sag moon, Virgo rising. And I got a lot of Capricorn in my chart. Yeah. So interesting. Um,
0: Because just your ability to sort of connect um, with Mm -hmm. people and have that real... That's the Sag. That's your emotional body is in Sag. That's so interesting. Um, Anyway. Okay. My last geeky podcast question, which I'm sure you've been asked before, and I hate asking people questions that they get asked all the time, but I'm actually really curious to
1: know is... Uh who is your dream guest? Oh, I actually I like this question. Um and we do get asked it a lot. It's better I like this question a little better than favorite guest because that's hard because there's so many, you know, it's like picking your favorite child. Uh but for my dream guest, I really love Russell Brand. He mm. is like amazing to me. I just the intelligence, the acceptance of his evolution and um the ability to just stand in who he is through all these different versions of himself I'm so deeply inspired by. And also um Shonda Rhimes is amazing. Issa Ray, I really love Issa Rae. I met her when we were in New York at Pop Sugar. I was a huge fangirl. It was probably embarrassing. Um, and then Jamila Jamil. Mm-hmm. I love her. I think she's incredible. Um, and then the last one is I don't know if you listen to um Tiny Me Gang. It's a podcast with Cody Ko and Noel Miller and they're these comedians and they're ridiculous, but I just love how authentic they are. And I just, I'm dying to get them on. So I have a very weird arrangement of people, but all of these people basically are just amazing at being who they are and are really just standing in their truth.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a common thread through that. And I think asking people that question um, even just like your dream dinner guest is yes. really telling um, to who they are. And I really appreciate Who's that right now? mine right now is Glennon Doyle. Oh yeah. I mean, she's big, big dream guest, but I think it's funny because, um, and that's why I was asking you before, like how you knew, how you knew that you actually had something good um, on the, when you were starting out with the podcast, because this is my first season. This is like maybe my 20th. 22nd, I think episode potentially. And, um, it took a while to realize that there was actually something here to this. Um, people were reaching out, people are finding me, I have a marketing agency. This isn't what I really set out to do. I just like to have the hard, honest conversations and connect with people. It's literally my favorite thing and to pull out their truths. And that just happens to work really well in marketing because it's just good storytelling and la la la. But anyway, um, it was when I booked Gay Hendrix, actually. Oh, I no, um, just was referencing them on Tuesday at an event that I spoke at. His podcast with me came out this morning. Oh, um, I'm going to have to listen. It's great. I mean, he's such a funny interviewer because he's obviously done it for 40 years. Yep. So it's really interesting trying to sort of break through the typical, like interview questions meets like a real conversation. And I think we, we did a pretty good job and I was really nervous. So, but it was, I just got back from Nepal. And um, when I was in Nepal, my producer wrote me saying that Gay had booked and he was on my dream big list. And then out of nowhere, I just was like, you know what, just reach out. Like my intuition was just like, just drop the email. Let's just see. Um, and then when I booked him, it was like, wow, okay, I can keep doing this, but I I would rather it be not because of a guest or not because of an audience size, but because I really do love doing it. But it's kind of the only way to justify that I can keep doing it if people yeah. actually listen. So it's a funny thing. Um,
1: it is too, and you know, it's interesting too when you were talking about gay and and not specifically gay, but other guests that we've had on. And um, it's really interesting when people think about getting on really, really big guests. When you have someone that is really, really big or has been in the industry for a really long time, it's really hard to break through from the script that they've been working with for years. And it's hard because they have a publicist on their ear or, or sitting next to them or these ideas that they really want to get through that have been like cleaned out through their PR teams and all this stuff and so sometimes when we think about having really big guests on it's it's really exciting but it also sometimes I don't really care or not because they're not at the point where I don't know they've just been in the game for so long it's hard for them to be really honest and authentic especially on a podcast so um yeah I just felt like I had to say that about the gay thing.
0: No I think that's um really important, and I, you know, I, there are a lot of talk shows or sh- interview shows that I watch because I really appreciate the good ones, and I see, like, the bigger and sort of more famous or more effective the guest is, um,
1: the more boring, honestly, yes. the
0: conversation, because yes. they can't say like, anything. You kind
1: of want, real. like, a little, you kind of want to be, like, on your edge, like, what are they going to say? <laughs> you know, like, you want to feel, like, a little bit, like, oh, like, what's yeah. going on?
0: I had someone on the show, and this has happened a couple of times, and I actually haven't aired um, the podcast. And that was sort of my last podcast question for you: is um, it felt like the answers were so staged, like my questions weren't being answered, and that oh. this person was just sort of talking to hear
1: themselves talk? Oh my gosh! And I, I just—it's like the person that I think it is. <laughs>
0: I don't know if we can say it.
1: We're not going to say it. I'm going <laughs> to chat it to you later, but, but I, I can relate. I've had the same situation and it doesn't feel like a conversation. It doesn't feel like it's genuine. It just kind of feels flat. You're like, okay, there's no real energy here because something real isn't happening. It's like the person is in autopilot mode. So you don't really get that presence and excitement of like something real.
0: Yeah, that or being like mansplained at to an hour for an hour about things I already know. I'm like,
1: okay, this oh is. Oh my not. gosh, that thankfully hasn't happened to us. I'm, yeah, I'm, i do Yeah, I don't know, but maybe I don't, I don't think I'm smart enough to, to catch this. <laughs>
0: Well, I think I'm getting pickier is the thing. Um, You know, I was just sort of eager to have any real conversation about business. And I think now as I'm looking through these guests and potential people, I'm also evolving and changing in my business, like who I'm even interested in surrounding myself with. So it's fun that you just sort of get to like decide whose energy you bring to your show. And it's a big deal. Um, so my sort of last podcasty question is, um, what do you do when you like completely disagree with somebody that's on your
1: show? That's a really good one. Um, and it's a great question and I appreciate it. So we are kind of navigating this and working through this in real time, to be honest. Um, it's a it's a true learning process. So we recently had a situation, we were interviewing someone who's actually a really, really big guest. This was actually one of those situations where it was a big name. And they said a lot of things that we disagree with a lot, uh, but they're also a comedian. So they're speaking to... Um, how women can get men and saying all these things that are essentially seem misogynistic and um, a little degrading and just coming from a very wounded place and a lot of what they were talking about. But generally when I'm normally in a conversation with someone and they're in front of me and I'm only meeting them one time, I'm not going to sit there and disagree with them, make them feel shameful for uh, what they're saying or what they believe Or just kind of be combative to be combative. If I'm only meeting you one time, it wouldn't really make sense for me to sit down with you and talk about all the things, all the reasons why I disagree with what you're saying. Because I don't really understand why you're saying it, but there's reasons and, you know, people should feel free to like say whatever they want. So, but we left the interview and we... We're just sitting there and we're like, oh man. And and during the interview, we were just kind of laughing and and kind of confused with what was going on and not really saying what we truly felt, which is that a lot of the things they said were not true. And a lot of the things they said weren't in alignment to what we stand for. And so we get done and we're like, first of all, we were nervous because this person's big. We didn't know what was really happening. And then third, we just would normally in conversations, um, kind of let them say what they feel and, you know, be non-judgmental and just be like, okay, that's interesting that they feel that way. I don't, but let's move on. So we have this interview that we have to like go through and review and kind of figure out what to do with, but really it's just us coming to terms with the fact that we have to be really honest that... We are not going to agree with all guests, but it is our job and it is my job in particular to be so present that I can be myself in all situations. Mm
0: -hmm. So in
1: this situation, I feel like I let myself down and I let the listener down because I wasn't so present that even I could say in a very kind way that I disagreed with them or that I thought, you know, that I could ask them to maybe think of something in a different way, or, you know, just keep asking questions to like kind of like lead us into a deeper conversation and understanding about it. So this is something I really struggle with. And we haven't had that many episodes where I completely disagree with people. It does definitely happen. But my job is really to like allow people to speak their opinions. We definitely vet guests and they have to be a very much a fit as far as um, mission and their energy overall. But if they're saying something that I don't agree with, it's not really my job to completely force my opinion on someone and like I don't know, like change it. But it is something that, you know, I think about quite often and I think I'm just really learning even three years in.
0: Wow. That's so interesting. And it's, and that was sort of going to be another one of my questions. Um, about how you choose who you partner with and guests on the show, because it all seems just very intentional. Everything you guys are doing on on the podcast, but also like the brands that you're in partnership with, it just, it doesn't seem like you're just, you know, jumping at any sort of like ambassador opportunity. And um, one of the bigger things about looking at your brand that you've created is um, you check all my boxes. Mm. So when I'm looking, my company's called Authentic Audience. And I don't really use that word lightly. And for me, I'm always looking at like the opportunity that they have to sell to a unique audience, like because I'm in marketing. So that's what I'm doing. And it was funny because I was looking at your brand today and I was like, wow, okay, we've got the blog, we've got the sponsors, we got the podcast. I was like, where's the online course? And then boom, it was right there. (laughs) And I was like, you've got me. Like you literally got me. I'm going to sign up for it. I entered my email and I'm I do it consciously because I know when I'm being got and when I'm like swiping up, you know, and I'm like, they got me. I just ordered this dog collar. Then they've been like serving it to me for like six months on ads. I finally ordered it for my dog. It's like, they got me, like they did it right. And you really are doing it right. And I can tell it's intentional and I can tell it's thoughtful, but you also have like a very keen business mind. Um, A lot of people start blogs and it doesn't turn into what you've, managed to do. So like, were you always entrepreneurial? Like, are you learning as you go? Like, how is your, how is the business side and the decision-making process working?
1: First of all, thank you that, um, I could you know, you can't ask for anything more for someone to say that kind of thing. So thank you for, for all of that. Um, I'm trying to think for entrepreneurial. I think I wasn't necessarily entrepreneurial I was just more so, so unhappy with the jobs that I was at. So I worked in management consulting for finance uh, for the first three years of my career. I was actually really, really good at it and really successful, but I would literally cry every day. I was like, I hate this. I don't know what working is. I don't like this structure. I don't, I want to feel like I I matter and I want to feel like what I'm doing is um, purposeful. But it took me, you know, eight years to get to that place where I was like, okay, this is what I'm doing, but through that I started the blog when I was working at you know different jobs. I moved over to digital marketing. So I was learning a lot about the space of digital marketing while I was starting my blog. And um then after doing the blog, I moved or after I started blog in New York City, we moved to LA and I actually tried to pursue everything full time. I tried to pursue my blog full time without a plan and I failed miserably. And I realized then when I was living in LA unemployed and I had to go back to the corporate world, um, trying to find a job for eight months that I really needed to be strategic about what I was doing and that my creativity was very important, but also you do have to get, I had to get paid for what I did. And I had to be smart about my finances equally to putting out great content and being creative and being thoughtful. So I got a new job and I worked for, you know, two years while building almost 30 and doing hundred at the same time. So it wasn't very comfortable. It wasn't fun to have three jobs at once, but it did allow me the good part about what I do, which is to be thoughtful about the brands that I bring in. So Mm -hmm. I'm building this thing and I'm making enough money at my corporate job so that I can be choosy about the brands I work with. So that's a huge benefit about staying at a job and doing your side hustle is that I wasn't dependent on, you know, these brand partnerships to bring in money. So I could really be, you know, particular about it. And then it also allowed me to really figure out finances within the business and really structure the business in a way that would be sustainable for me if I left after a certain period of time. So I started to really get this entrepreneurial mind. And then, you know, being in the environment of Los Angeles and being on interviews with people that have started businesses really just allowed me to open my mind up and expand the possibilities of what I could do. And, you know, after a certain point and after saving maybe six months salary uh, in my bank account, we were able to to quit our job. And now it's just been full steam ahead from there. I feel like I'm able to fully express um, a lot of who I'm on the podcast, but I am very business minded. Like I love creating and selling and just like, Doing things that will help me, but also help other people. Like, people want to know how to make a podcast. I would love to help them. It was really challenging for us at the beginning. So, we're going to put everything together to make everything that you need. And I think that's a huge lesson that I learned too is that people so often will be like, okay, I'm going to start a podcast. How do I make money? Okay, I'm going to start a blog. How do I make money? And it's like, it's such a long road that you need to really focus on the quality of the content and nurturing that audience over anything. And really having a corporate job or being in and out of jobs helped me to do that, even though I didn't know it and it felt very painful at the time.
0: I think that's a really important piece is that you didn't just quit your job and like dive into this thing. Like you were, that's the Capricorn in you. You were very um, it, well, you're just intentional. I think that's like a, a word that keeps coming up of how I want to describe you is mm. it, it all seems so intentional. And even that decision, I think people are just, they get inspired and they get excited and they get passionate and they make these big sort of risky decisions, especially if you're in your Saturn return or whatever. Um, and of course, it's not going to work because for me, and I tell my clients this, a lot is when you're stressed out about money, it's really hard for the creativity to flow. And when you're thinking, this is actually a song, I have one of my good friends and musicians coming on in a couple of weeks. And the question I wanted to ask him is, how do you sort of balance between knowing that the next album or the next song is going to have to like pay your rent but also flow creatively and like allow the music to sort of happen. And like, how do you do that? And I think because for him, he's a full-time musician. And I think for, you know, you starting out and I have that ability to like my podcast, I'm, I can't wait to take your course, to be honest, because um, I just started doing it on the side, talking to people, connecting with people, never thought about sponsorships, never thought about brand partnerships, never thought about how to monetize it because I have a marketing agency. Um, And now what's so funny, I'm talking to you. Do you ever find that when you're interviewing people, it's like exactly what you needed to hear? Oh my
1: gosh. (laughs) It's always always the medicine. It's always the medicine.
0: I I like find therapy sessions in every single interview Mm -hmm. and I try and turn them around as quickly as I can, because obviously if I'm energetically going through something, a lot of people are, Mm -hmm. but Anyway, um, I'm starting to think about how I can go more and more towards the podcasting. I gave a few talks last year. I really love that. My whole shtick is honest marketing and honest selling and truth-telling and storytelling and being all of the things. And there is something and there is something that people connect with in it. And I did an online program last year, sold it out didn't do it again because I'm spending so much time on my clients um, that my my brand and my business is just constantly falling by the wayside. Yeah. Um, but it's a great place to be. Actually, you're making me feel grateful now because I have the money coming in from the agency where I actually can create some space to decide where I want to take this and what I want it to look like. And I think that from a business standpoint, that's really important to just,
1: so many people are like, just quit your job and figure yeah. it out. And I really don't agree with that. Same. I think that's huge. I and I fell victim to that. You know, of course, no one falls victim. Like I was responsible for creating this uh, reality that I lived in, where I, I was like, all right, this is what you do: you quit your job and then you go all in and and look what I could happen if you know I just put all my time to it. And it didn't work that way for a reason, of course, but. I, you know, that's, what's challenging is, you know, playing in this spiritual plane of like manifestation and really going for what you want and dedicating a lot of time to it. But then we do live in a physical plane where money matters and money is really important to being successful and to like having a life that you want and and living in this world. So I just, and now I really preach that to our community. Like I saved up six months of salary, went before we quit. And I made sure that we had through forecasting, had enough money coming in for the next Months to support me, to support Lindsay, to support our team. And although it's like not sexy, it's not fun, like people don't know on my Instagram that like I'm in our forecasting reports quarterly, it's like it's so key. And I think it's so boss. Like I think that stuff is so fucking boss. Like being, you know, being able to like create cool graphics or do all these creative things is the best. But like being able to freaking be down in the details about like your money situation and like planning for the future is like so badass.
0: I couldn't agree more. And I think that's the piece of entrepreneurship that for me, um, I, out of most of my close friends, I would say I'm the only one that doesn't work like a nine to five. Um, And a lot of people will come over during the day or they'll see, see me at the gym at like noon or whatever. And they're, they're jealous. And I'm so stressed out, like know. <laughs> all know. the time. And I <laughs> and it's never off, you know, because mm-hmm. at 10 o'clock at night, if I'm working, I mean, that's the thing. Like I can keep working and I can keep making more money. So there is no ceiling. Yes. Oh my um, gosh. And that's a beautiful thing. We have a great reputation. We partner with cool people. They're well-known. People like them. It's all going really well. But at the same time, um, the back end of like dealing with our accountant for like six hours a day or not having dental insurance and just trying to make those financial decisions has been the most challenging for me. And I asked you earlier on if you always had that mindset and it kind of makes sense that you were in finance because- I don't have that. Um, What I started doing was from such a soul place of, I think that, you know, the more people that really love what they do, that have a purpose and are doing that thing, it's actually raising our vibration. And those people have a really hard time marketing themselves. So I found this niche of, I can remind you of your gifts and find these people that have Big gifts, big talents, big followings aren't doing anything to sort of sell themselves, monetize themselves. Like I'm 10Xing their business. And then I started realizing, wow, I'm actually, I have a business now. And it was my husband who quit his job two and a half years ago to join me. I was just doing brand consults, making people's websites, writing their abouts, like really simple stuff. And then it turned into this full on marketing agency. And I don't know how to run a business. What I know how to do is connect with people and create really high level marketing strategies that work. But in terms of like accounting or sending invoices or structuring a company. I have zero earth in my chart. So I married someone with six planets and earth. And I think that it's the most important thing is the back end stuff. It's like, I can tell by your success. And that's why I asked you that you're making really good business decisions. Like this is really well thought out. You're not in a place where you're flying by the seat of your pants anymore. And it sounds like maybe you weren't ever. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just really appreciate the business side to what you've been able to create. I think, especially for quote unquote influencers that gets overlooked.
1: Totally. And, and, and I, I actually mean, yeah. being a blogging, you know, I was in blogging before and I would go to these influencer events. I'm like, what is everyone doing? You know, like no hate because I've been in that game. And like, if you are actually like a blogger that is running your own business, it's a full-time thing. Like it's so much work. It, it never stops, et cetera, et cetera. But I would realize that a lot of these people, I'm like, there's, like, something, like, there's, you're not seizing the opportunity that you have of, like, what's really going on and, like, really just making it sustainable because a lot of the industry, it's like, it's not sustainable unless you make it sustainable.
0: That's so true.
1: Are you going to write a book? Yeah, I think we are talking about that, um, you know, next year. I have thought, I've definitely, I'm, I'm down. I'll write a book, I don't know. I'm obviously very confused about it. We'll definitely write a book and it'll be right and it'll make sense. I just wanna be really intentional about it because I've seen- you know, I've, I've seen a lot of books come out and I want to actually write our book. I want to, you know, be (laughs) what a concept. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? I know. It's like, let me tell you this thing that I want to do is I want to write my own book. Um, but I've seen, you know, being in this industry, when you see the curtains pulled back that a lot of people don't, and that it's really just used as like a calling card to like be strategic about getting a New York times bestseller to their name. And it just doesn't feel, that doesn't feel aligned to me, you know, peace and blessings to people that do that. If they have a message, or they had someone else, right. That's great. But that's not really what I want to do. So it will definitely come, you know, in the next year or so. I just want to make sure that I'm creating space and time to like really dedicate, you know, my thought to it.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, that's another thing that I wanted to ask you is being in the industry and living in LA, I'm sort of finding myself more and more, I guess, and I said this to a a spiritual teacher in Nepal and he said that the poison comes with the nectar or actually he said comes before the nectar, but I'm finding myself like more righteous, um, and more sort of judgmental, the deeper Mm -hmm. I get sort of into the behind the scenes of the industries I'm working in. I work a lot of people in the yoga industry and the quote unquote, like spiritual leaders or, or whatever. And it seems like you've seen a lot of that, but yet you still seem very, positive and optimistic about just everything that you're doing and the industry that you're in and where you live and do you have like a secret or something that grounds you or any anything
1: to help <laughs> yeah I I, to, I totally feel you and um, again you know I'm from a small town in Ohio so I never expected myself to be living in Los Angeles doing what I do by any stretch I didn't I didn't really have an expectation of my future at all um, probably for like self-worth issues, but I just really focused. I mean, it's probably, it's just an incessant focus on myself and incessant focus on my path and my journey and, always checking in with me and always focusing on opportunities within every conversation or in my life, which actually can be very, very draining to be completely honest. The way that I am in touch and in check-in with myself is exhausting, but it really helps me to just not focus on what anyone else is doing or like the fake people or the people that work the system or the people that are being inauthentic or are saying that they are one way and that they are another. And I just have also hopefully been given grace in my life. You know, I, I haven't been perfect. I've I've been a lot of things and I've, you know, just I'm not a perfect person. So I can only ask for the same grace that, you know, I've been given. And then just surrounding myself with people that, you know, think the same way. I, I definitely haven't been positive for my whole life. I think I started to be positive when I brought meditation and spirituality into my life when I was 20 and I really honestly swear to you I work on I work on it it's like actual exercises that I do where I'm like thinking about something I'm like okay that's that's not exactly correct what if we thought about it this way I can tell when walks in and they're you know doing something I disagree with I'm finding myself judging them and I always turn it around on me I'm always like why am I judging that person what am I feeling lacking where I'm judging that person and honestly some days I'm like you know what fuck it I just am tired of like picking on myself and like trying to make myself better, I'm going to like, just let myself have like a dirty scroll on Instagram and, you know, just be bad. But for the most part, I just really try and be as much self-focused as possible because this is the only life that I can have responsibility for. And, you know, I need to make sure that there's enough that I have to worry about, that if I'm worrying about others, it just gets to be too much.
0: I just appreciate that answer so much. I just, Aww. you're very, it's very refreshing to talk to you. I really appreciate it. Yeah.
1: You're making my day.
0: You're making my day. (laughs) Um, So sort of to wrap up, I mean, this, everything you said felt so spot on and in alignment. And I'm just grateful to have had this conversation. But um, in the process of the last six years with the blog and the podcast, was there ever a moment or a decision that you made that you realized afterward was totally inauthentic or not in alignment? Oh yeah, And you could share maybe... Yeah, of
1: course. Uh, there's a few I'm thinking of. There was one that I did with the blog that I was working with this brand and it was a vitamin brand. And I actually had been using the vitamin brand for a very long time. And I didn't read the label of what the vitamins ingredients were. So I was using this brand for a very long time, rep- representing them, working with them through paid collaborations, etc. And then when I finally took the responsibility. I think I didn't want to know to look at what the ingredients were. It was like completely out of alignment to what I stand for. There was like shark fins. In them. <laughs> but basically it meant they like would use shark fins, you know, to because oh shark fins have a really high um, measure of cartilage, which is like a collagen. So right. it really, really builds your hair, skin and nails. And for me to, to take a vitamin, because I think that my hair and skin is worth more than the life of something else. Doesn't really align with me personally. So I remember reading that and I just felt so much guilt and shame that I had been um, irresponsible enough to promote something without really doing research behind what the ingredients were and just feeling like how vain am I, you know, that I really, and I even considered, I was like, you know what, maybe I should just do it. Like everyone else kind of does this thing. And I just was like, you know what, I think this one I have to have to sit out on because I just felt so guilty for promoting it so much.
0: So um, what did you do?
1: 30, you know, there's just been various times like where we've just had moments of inauthenticity with interviews. You know, we maybe did one where everyone, we thought it would be a fit and then we come out of it and we're like, oh, we don't really feel like we were ourselves or like we could have said the right thing or like that didn't feel like our best version of us and the messaging wasn't really in alignment. So it happens in really small ways. It hasn't happened in a huge, huge way because I feel like I've I've kind of learned more so about how to be authentic, but I've definitely had just many moments at events or at in interviews where I'm like, ugh, like what was that, you know? Mm.
0: Yeah. And then, so for the blog, my question is, and this is, I'm asking for uh, personal reasons. So what do you do when you have publicly um, sort of partnered or aligned with an organization or a person or whatever it is? And you like, do you just like slowly back away? Do you make a public statement? Like, how do you cut that from your Yeah, circle.
1: I think. I think for me personally, so I just stopped all posting. I removed the post from my website. I emailed them and told them that I was going to do so, and I haven't talked about it since. I think if I had an audience that was like a YouTube audience that really was like in the hundreds of thousands, and they were kind of watching everything that I was doing, I would definitely make a public statement because they are invested so much so in my brand story journey. But because a blog for me is so two D. And it was like over a period in time, I didn't feel like I should, but I definitely do think about now that I probably should have integrated that into a blog post or story about that journey and just how now I try and be more thoughtful, although I'm not perfect. I try and be more thoughtful about ingredients of things because it makes an impact.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's really good. And I I have a a lot of um, clients actually who are, I'm not famous. My clients are famous and um, they're constantly dealing with that like it's a partnership or it's something. And then they can't because, you know, for all these reasons, they can't out the magazine or they can't out the festival or whatever it is, but it's just, it gets really messy and hard actually to stay authentic. So I appreciate it. So my last question is if you had a moment that stands out to you of like strong authenticity, like maybe you made a decision that was hard, but you made it because you knew it was the right decision and it was you know, the, you standing in integrity and how that sort of played out.
1: Yeah. We had a moment where, um, last year Lindsay and I had been approached by a bunch of networks for the podcast. So, um, within the podcasting community, you can be a part of a network and networks can provide you a variety of things. They can help you record post-production. for the most part, they help you with advertisements and getting sponsors Um, so we were approached by a bunch of different networks that we met with, um, over the course of a few months and we were just driving back from one of them. And like the industry here in LA is very interesting because there's like a very old structure that is still in existence that I think will change, but it's owned by a lot of like older white men that just kind of don't see the future of digital and online and, um, the way businesses are running and like courses and you know, community focus and all this stuff. So they just kind of work on this old paradigm of related to numbers or like TV or something like that. So we left these interviews. And at the end, I was just like talking to Lindsay. I'm like, you know what, like, I would be most proud of myself in two years if I was like, if I said no, if we said no, you know, if we said no together. And I just still think about that, that we, you know, turn down these big network offers because- we didn't feel like there was a genuine alignment and we didn't feel like we wanted to um, put the conversations around products that we were bringing to our community to someone else. Um, we work really, really hard. We have great brands that we work with. We curate them very thoughtfully. I've run our partnerships from the beginning. We now have someone that helps us, but I was just like, you know what? It's like more badass if we just do this on our own and we just build our own business around it. And that was something that, like, I still feel like I'm so proud of, although it's not perfect. It's a lot harder. I just feel like that was the most alignment for us. And that's like my favorite moment.
0: That's incredible. Congratulations. That's not easy.
1: Oh, thanks. Yeah. It's also too. Like, I don't really know any different, to be honest. I think that's a lot of it. Like I didn't expect to be doing what I'm doing and be in LA and all that stuff. So it's not like I was like growing up in an industry where I'm like, okay, now you get an agent and then you work with a network. You know, I I don't really know. So I'm just like, "Mm, we'll just do it on our own.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's really beautiful to watch, and I'm definitely a fan, and I would love to connect with you guys in person. Yeah, Um, same. Eventually, I agree that doing the interviews in person is always so much more fun, Um, and I'd love to just keep having you back, and I'm definitely going to be in your corner watching what you do, and um, just for the people listening, we do have a lot of um, this audience, a lot of business, a lot of spiritual A lot of uh, fans of my clients because that's how it works. And, um, you know, someone posts a picture of me and then I get 500 followers hoping (laughs) that I'll be with them again. Um, So it's kind of a beautiful collective that we've got listening. Um, And I think that right sort of in your target audience um, to use marketing lingo. So how can we get more of you? What are the calls
1: to action here? When is the course coming? Tell me all the things. Oh, thanks, Krista. Um, so we are almost 30 podcast. You can find us on any platform, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google play, and we're on tour. So almost 30 podcast.com slash tour to come to any of our events. We always have great guests and just make it very community focused and genuine. And then I am at hundred blog.com, which I might be changing soon, but I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And then what's really exciting is if you guys are interested to start a podcast, to grow a podcast or monetize a podcast, We put all of our resources that we've used over the past three years um, on a digital course that's launching in January. So we're just putting the final touches on it on Teachable now, and it will be available for purchase in January. So we would love to support you and getting your voice heard there.
0: That I'm most excited about, I think. Oh, it makes
1: me so happy.
0: Yeah, of all the things I saw you promoting, I was like, oh, that's so great because I do so many launches. Um, So Especially um, for people that have like a big following or have built something mm-hmm. up that never launched on. It. So I basically I specialize in launches. And,
1: we, should, we should hire you. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I was stalking you this morning, and I was like, "Oh my god, she is so perfect for a launch!" Like, oh and my then, gosh, let's
1: talk. To and honest.
0: then literally right there, it was you talking about the launch. So it's it's cool to see you doing the things. It's cool to see you taking advantage um, of the opportunities that you've been presented and. It's just really clear to me in everything that you said, how hard you are working um, on your business, on yourself, like it, it comes through, it shines through. So thank you for being a great example and um, representing Krista's everywhere. I appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And to everybody listening, this is an awesome episode. Thank you for being here. And until next time, keep growing.